0: going today guys back here live in the studio for one final time this week another episode of hot takes with cp 3 i'm your host thomas penland joined once again by ben Gorwitz on this fine friday december 18th ben say what's up to everybody
1: you guys know what day it is logged off work ready I, this has got to be the best college week or best sports week that we've had in a while right
0: Oh yeah, I mean, not only do we have NFL on Saturday, not only do we have college football conference championships, but we even have college basketball with two top 10 ranked matchups. Um, Tons of other great matchups as well in college basketball. So y'all get ready for that. If you, I don't care if you don't like basketball that much, watch Iowa and Gonzaga. I promise you it'll be a high scoring game. Neither of those teams play defense, or not even they don't play defense. They're just two of the highest scoring teams in all of college football. They're going to put some freaking points up on the board. It'll be a great game to watch at 12 o'clock. Um, but we're not on here to break up ba- break down basketball. We're on here to break down football. Um, we're skipping the Pac-12 championship since it's tonight. No one will have a reason to talk about it. And to be honest with you, how the hell can you even have a championship game when you played five freaking games? Um, also, I mean, I don't even think the Big Ten should be having a conference championship, but that's where we'll start things off. Um, it opened with Ohio State being 20-point favorites. Now they're down to 18.5. The over-under at this game is set at 56. This game will be played in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, like always. Um, ben, you got anything on this one? Yeah. Uh,
1: I hope this is a better matchup than it seems to be on paper. Uh, I think Northwestern is a team that they're definitely a defense that can keep it interesting. I just don't know if they can keep it close. Um, I actually, I, I rarely do a college football teaser, but I have a college football teaser this week and Ohio state is in that. So I have Ohio state minus 13 paired with Notre Dame plus 17 in a teaser. Um, I've already submitted that in. So that's, I'm not going to take anything else on the Ohio state game. I, I don't want to take minus 18 or 18 and a half, whatever you said at, this is not the most interesting game on the slate of college football, in my opinion. So I don't want to have too much on it. I'll save my money for the rest of the games. I, I expect Ohio State to roll in this game. It, I mean, if I, – I think this, is, this could be a statement game for Ohio State. They want to prove to people like, hey, even though we played this many games, we will still blow out teams when we play, even though they haven't blown everyone out. Um, still a very good football team. Fields plays at a high level. Northwestern's going to have to turn them over like Indiana did. The only problem, Indiana didn't score off those turnovers. If Northwestern is able to turn fields over, you got to get seven points off it. Uh, I think Ohio State still ends up winning by double digits.
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you here on this one, Ben. Look, Ohio State is going to put the points up. We've seen them do it every single week. I don't think Northwestern can do it. If it wasn't a team with a prolific offense like Ohio State has, I would feel better about taking Northwestern points. I, unfortunately, played Ohio State at a worse number. I took the 20 and a half. Apparently, they do have a couple guys out from COVID. Um, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, to be honest with you. I don't think Northwestern is going to be able to keep up with this Buckeye offense. I think Ohio State... Will end up pouring on the points. I think Northwestern is going to struggle on offense, like you said. Ohio State needs the style points here, man. I'm predicting a score something like 42-23, something or other like that that gets us the actually 42-23 win covers. So just kidding. So, um, let's go with like 45-23. Ohio State barely covers. I think. I think Indiana or I mean Northwestern might be able to put some points up at the end of the day. It won't be enough. Ohio State's the number four scoring offense in all of college football sixth in rushing as well, 24th in passing. So, I mean, they know how to get the big plays. I expect the Buckeyes to get up early and cruise. I mean, like you said, you know, they need this big win, so I don't think there's going to be any messing around. They're going to feel a sense of urgency.
1: And Ryan Day should be back to coach this game. Uh, He previously had COVID.
0: Yeah, see, there's another factor right there as well to like Ohio State. Um, Next game on the slate also comes on at 12 o'clock on Saturday. This one is number 10 Oklahoma facing Iowa State. Um, this game will be played in AT&T Stadium in Arlington, a.k.a. Cowboy Stadium. Um, over-under set at 56. Um, I'll start off with this one, actually. So, Matt Campbell, I tweeted out earlier, is 21-8 and against the spread as an underdog. Um, we all know what happened the first time these two teams played this season is that Oklahoma went down to Iowa State and lost. Um, look. I want to take Oklahoma here just because I don't think it's pretty hard to beat a team twice in one season. I think Iowa State's good. It kind of pisses me off, honestly, Iowa State's just good this year because last year I was all over them and they screwed me. This year I was very skeptical of them at the beginning after they went down to Oklahoma State and a ULL out the gates. Of course, they end up having the season and be the team I thought they were. Um, They're definitely one to try to run the ball. I would lean towards the under here for that reason. Um, Oklahoma's defense, though, has been a lot better lately. See, Oklahoma's number seven, actually, against the run, and they're 77 against the pass. So I would lean Oklahoma in the points. I just think it's too many points, though, to take here. I mean, six points to me is just, you know, it's a lot of points for a conference championship game when you have pretty even teams. But I just feel like Oklahoma should be able to shut down Brees Hall, which would change everything. I took Oklahoma in a teaser with the Chargers, so I have Oklahoma plus half a point. I'm just going to ride that. If I had to play something just based off being forced to play, I would play the um, Oklahoma side, but nothing for me.
1: Yeah, I'm actually going to have a no play on this championship game. Um, part of the reasons is it doesn't I, – I don't think it's going to mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I, I don't. If, if it's a chalk this weekend, I, don't, I mean, Iowa State's not going to get in. Uh, the fact that they are the only team in this conference – championship game that has a chance at the playoff and their underdogs does kind of scare me. Uh, I think they have a lot to play for. Uh, so that's why I would kind of lean towards the points for Iowa state, but, uh, this is gonna be a no play for me.
0: Hey, I like that Ben, by the way, I'll recap our, uh, games from last podcast just know this i went six and one ben went three and one we had a great winning week again me and ben i'll also give you all our um totals so far for the season we added up me and ben well over 500 and that's just picking the big game so it's a little something for us to hang our hats on there um next game up we'll just stay here in rotational order and we'll move on to 330 also i want to say this though it's kind of weird, though, Ben, this Saturday just because, like, you have so many other games going on on other conferences. A lot of times it's just the conference championships and maybe one and two games. But because of COVID, a lot of these teams are trying to make games up and get them in, but we're not going to talk about any of those. Um, we got to go here with the ACC championship, another top ten. It's crazy, man. We get three top ten matchups this Saturday. How often does that happen? Number three, Clemson facing number two, Notre Dame, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, the spread is set at Clemson being a 10 and a half point favorite over under set at 59 and a half. Ben, you playing anything on this one?
1: Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame plus the points. Um, I, I don't think they are double digit worse. I mean, listen, they won the game in game one. I know that Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. I know that some other guys were missing and I know it took overtime to do it, but and I think Trevor Lawrence is a god. I mean, anyone that listens to the past um, podcasts or me, I say it every single time I talk about him. I don't think he has a flaw in his game in terms of the college level. Um, I still believe in Notre Dame. Listen, I hate that I say that, but I think this Notre Dame team is better than the average Notre Dame team where they've had chances in the playoff. This team is better than that. I think they're much more balanced. I love the way Williams runs the football. I love the way Notre Dame – continues to run the football with him. Um, They ran all over Clemson the first time, if I I remember correctly. Ian Book needs to play mistake-free football, just like he did last time. He's been doing that all year. And listen, this kid's a winner. He's 30-3 and in his career. And obviously, Trevor Lawrence only has one loss. But I think Notre Dame, I I just think it's a little too many points for 10.5. So I'm going to take Notre Dame plus the points. And I'm also going to take the over. Listen, this Clemson defense is good. Uh, it's not as good as Clemson defenses in the past. They're a little more youthful on that mm-hmm. side of the football. And I just think Trevor Lawrence can score on anybody. Uh, there was a lot of points scored in the first meeting. I want to say it was 47 40. I want to say it was a score or something, something along those lines. So I don't see that part changing. Um, so I'm going to take the over and, uh, Notre Dame plus the points.
0: Ben, we have agreements on one part of this. I'm not touching anything on the total. I'm just going to say that. I feel like the total set a little high just because of what happened last game. And I feel like when two teams play twice, that a lot of times the same thing doesn't happen twice. That's why I could see under. Plus, I feel like Trevor Lawrence and Book are going to run the ball a lot. I feel like in bigger games, was not scared to call the quarterback's number. We saw it happen in that Ohio State game. Also, too, Clemson was missing their linebacker. I think his name's like Skalski or something like that. He was out for them in that game as well as 3D linemen, so they got all those guys back. So, look, for Notre Dame, this is the classic whiteboard game. I actually think that Brian Kelly has learned how to fire his team up. We saw it last time that they played Clemson. Me and you were both saying it, how that they have to play the road or home dogs Disrespect part. I think he's playing it again. I think he's saying, look, we beat this team last time we played them. We're, Vegas has us 10.5-point dogs. I mean, they're definitely got to be pissed off about that. This is a let's prove who we are. Let's show what we got game. Um, not only do I think Notre Dame's going to keep it within the number, I think Notre Dame could win this game outright. Obviously, I think Clemson will. I'm just saying Notre Dame's no pushover. This is not your usual Notre Dame team we see. This is probably the best team Notre Dame's ever had. I mean, I've tried to fade them so many times. I still can't believe, honestly, I won that Duke plus 23.5 to start the season off with them. I mean, if you could take that bet again, you would think there's no way Duke could cover that. But this Notre Dame team is the best team, like you said, they probably had, in our, had that we can remember. Notre Dame's going to cover the number here. I expect this to be a close game and come down to the wire. It's going to be a great one to watch. Um... You know what? We're going to follow it up here, Ben, with a g- another great nightcap as your boys, the Alabama Crimson Time, come down to my backyard in the Mar- Mercedes Benz Dome and take on the Florida Gators. Alabama's a 17-point favorite, over-under set at 74, which feels a little high for an SEC championship game. Um, ben, you're the Alabama guy. you got to start us.
1: Yeah, so I think I'm not going to take the normal betting pass that I take or that you and I usually take with Alabama for this game. Interesting. Um, well, there's half of that's true. So I I think this game will be close at first. In in the start of this game, I do think Florida will be able to move the football uh, a little bit on Alabama just until Bama can kind of figure out the scheme. Uh, I remember I saw a quote from Saban this week that Florida, their style of offense this year, the way that Mullen calls plays in the Mm -hmm. sets that he's calls is not something Bama has seen from another team this year. What Florida does a really, really good job of is moving people around. So Kyle Pitts will not line up in the same place very often. He lines up on the outside slot, down like a tight end. He, he really can line up anywhere. Uh, Kadarius Toney can line up in the backfield as a running back. He can line up in the slot. So they he moves his star players around. And what Mullen does a really great job of is finding mismatches, mismatches in the secondary for Kyle Pitts to take advantage of. The only difference for how Mullen would call a usual game versus playing Alabama is there's not many holes in this Bama defense. You have Malachi Moore as a true freshman, number 13, a lot of time plays in the slot, has not allowed a touchdown all year, I believe. Um, And then you have Josh Job, who I don't think has allowed a play for more than 20 yards or 30 yards. He's been locked down. And then they're not even the best. You have the best is Pat Sertain, Jr., He's like a blanket on the outside. Just no one throws the ball to his side. I think Trask will try him because I don't think Florida's scared of anything. But I think as long as Bama can get the pass rush that I believe that they can get, That has what um, was the success formula for LSU. LSU got to Trask and he made some mistakes. I know that one of his interceptions was kind of a fluke. It went off a guy's face mask or helmet and then popped back into play right to a guy. But... He hasn't been pressured very often this year. So if Bama can get pressure on him, I think this starts to get a blowout early. I just think for the first couple of possessions, at least for the first quarter, I do think Florida can keep it close. So I'm not going to play a first-half play. And I'm not going to play a first-quarter uh, first play. But I am going to play minus 17. Um, I, I do think eventually when Bama's defense gets it rolling, I, I think their offense will have no problem outside of a couple possessions, i mean i i do expect them to punt at least once um but i think as, as long as their defense can get rolling i i think they take control in this game i'm gonna take minus 17 but i do think that number will be kind of close
0: Ben, i have a completely different take from you on this game i think no i'm just kidding florida is not winning this game look Florida has talked up Kyle Trask to possibly be the Heisman Trophy winner. I think Alabama wants to put all that to rest. People say, oh, Florida's going to be able to move the ball. Alabama has the best defense in the SEC, and I think they have one of the best defenses in the entire nation. Um, Alabama also, this offense is going to march up and down the field all game long on Florida. I would honestly be shocked if Alabama punted the ball two times this entire game. That's how shocked I would be if they punted the ball. I think Alabama comes out here, and they take it to them early, and this won't even be a game in the second half. I've got a max bet on Alabama first half, minus 10, and I'm taking the full game. I think Alabama absolutely beats the brakes off them embarrasses them. Not only did Florida embarrass themselves last week, but then they were talking shit to Alabama. Are you kidding me? You're really going to let this Florida team that lost to LSU team that you beat the hell out of it was not even a game you absolutely beat the snot out of them it wasn't even fun to watch i mean it was over in mid-second quarter if i'm alabama i'm not letting this team even think they can play with me i'm absolutely whooping their ass send them home crying i think it's going to be a gator beat down in in atlanta
1: and that's a good point i mean so not only did uh so the play one of their players I can't remember who it was um put an instagram post up and he was defending mark not defending but he was trying to make Marco Wilson feel better for throwing the cleat, basically, um, against LSU. And part of his Instagram caption was, there's no one I I trust more to lock up number six than you. Uh, number six, ladies and gentlemen, is Devontae Smith, who not only is going to win the Blinkoff Award, Blinkoff Award, which is the best receiver in the country, uh, he'll win that unanimously if that's even a thing. Um, to win it unanimously, he's also has a good chance to win the Heisman Trophy. I believe ESPN.com has him as number one going into this game. Um, so good luck, Governing Smitty, when he already knows you're talking about him. Also, Dan Mullen, who I can't criticize enough. Uh, I think he's done a great job coaching this year, but that dude just he just blabbers his mouth all day, whining this, whining that. They, they asked him a question. It may have been a little bit of a setup question, but a reporter asked him, like, do you think your team deserves to be in the playoff? He goes, I'll answer your question after Saturday after we win. Good luck. Uh, you know who doesn't talk? Listen, a thing at Alabama is outside of the LSU game a little bit this year, some of their young freshmen, which is kind of rare, but some of their young freshmen did tweet out a bunch of stuff, but that's because Coach O ran his mouth last year. Bama does not talk. They do not talk smack on Twitter. What they do is they strap their chin straps, and they beat your ass on the field. And Nick Saban has a famous uh, pregame speech. You can look it up on YouTube. It's the make your ass quit speech. I suggest you look it up because it'll fire you up. And it it was years ago at the time, but basically the whole point of it is to make your opponent quit. I think Bama's going to have that attitude and play with a little nastiness in the trenches. Um, I am going to give a guy a shout-out to watch out for in this game. And Bama's had a couple injuries coming into this game. Uh, Christian Harris, linebacker, got hurt last week. I believe he's going to give it a go, but Saban does not know how much he can contribute. And then LeBron Ray, defensive uh, lineman, has been hurt basically all year. He's only played a couple games. He's questionable, but a guy to look out for is true freshman Will Anderson on the defensive line. This dude's a freak of nature. I, I think he is a guy to look out for to get the trash. He, he's great in one-on-one solo tackles in the backfield. If he gets back there, he does not miss the uh, either the ball carrier or the quarterback very often. So it's a guy to keep an eye out an eye out for, number 31, Will Anderson.
0: Ben, I agree with everything you said there. Ben said it better than I can. I'm telling y'all, man, I don't really don't think Alabama's going to let them show up in this game. Maybe it might be seven to seven, but after that, I think Alabama absolutely puts it on them. Maybe Florida can score on that first drive. We see a lot of teams have success on the first drive, then the defense kind of recover after that. I really think this is a statement game for Alabama and say we're about, uh, Look, also too, I know you're not a huge as big of a numbers guy as I am. The numbers suggest this is the Alabama team's the best college football team ever. I'm ready for them to show us that. I really think it's going to be a beatdown. Um, next game up on our rotation now. As we move over to the NFL side of the, actually, wait, wait, wait. I almost forgot one game in college football here. Our last game, we got to have the Cincinnati Bearcats on here facing off against Tulsa. Um, the spread on this game is, I believe, still at 14. Let me pull it up. Already had NFL. Yeah, so Cincinnati is plus or minus 14 and a half. They're ranked ninth versus 23 Tulsa over under set at 45. Um, I don't think this one's officially the conference championship game. Is it officially the conference? I don't think it's not, right?
1: Uh, I had thought it was.
0: Is it not? Yeah, well you You might be right. Actually, yeah, you're right. It is, it is, but so the reason why I thought it wasn't is because these two teams tried to replay each other twice and the game got canceled both times. But you playing anything in this one, Ben?
1: So I'm not going to play anything, but there is something that I'm keeping an eye out for is mm-hmm. – Listen, Cincinnati feels like they're being disrespected by the committee. Um, I'm not going to say whether they are or not. I, I think they've had a tremendous season. They've done about everything they can up until this point to give themselves a best their best chance at the um, college football playoff. They need to win this game by more than three touchdowns. They, they, they need to cover, and they need to cover easily because you can't go into a game where you're 14-point spread and only win by 10 because that's a failure. Even though you get the W, that's a failure. They need to put some style points on this game. They should write on a whiteboard before they go out to their offense. Luke Fickle should write, go get 70. Meaning 70 points. Uh, they don't need 70, but they need as much style points as they can get because they're a smaller, um, they're not a power five, they're not in a power five conference. So they need as much style points as they want. Run up the score as much as you can. Um, this could be an interesting game, though. I, I have no play on this. I'm curious to know what you have, though.
0: Yeah, I'm going no play as well. I'm definitely going to watch this one while I watch the SEC, the SEC beatdown. Um, look, Tulsa's a really good defense, man. This defense can play. They're 40th against the pass, 53rd against the run, 32nd in scoring. And, again, at the same time, though, they haven't really played anybody except for Oklahoma State with a backup quarterback in there. Um, they can put some points up, too, as they're 59th in the nation points, 35th in passing offense. Realistically, when I look at this game, these teams haven't played in a while. I think it might be a little sloppy. I would look towards a first half under. Both these teams have really good defenses. Cincinnati likes to run the ball a lot, and I mean their defense ranks in the top twenty-five in both pass and run, and they're eighth in scoring. So both these teams have really good defenses. I personally think it's gonna be a lower scoring game. I think I would lean towards Tulsa in the points though. I feel like Cincinnati will feel let down after watching these games all day, and all these teams are gonna win. I mean, if Clemson loses though. I would I would honestly look if Clemson loses, I might throw some like ham sandwich money on Cincinnati to cover the spread, just because like you know maybe let's say Cl- Cincinnati does do what you said they do and comes out and scores seventy points, then maybe they could find their way in the college football playoff. Probably not going to happen, yeah, but
1: I, I think that's what they have to do. I, I personally mm-hmm. don't think they have the ability on offense to do that against the Tulsa defense, but I, I think that's their only option to put their best case best foot forward for their case for the college football playoff.
0: Yeah, see, I agree with you completely on that. That's the Basically, if, Cle, if Clemson loses, I would probably back Cincinnati. If they don't, I'm staying away from this one because, I mean, all the reasons you said Cincinnati should be highly motivated, but I just feel like it's going to be a close, tight game. I feel like this is one they would have rather had play out in the regular season and not have had that COVID hit, obviously, and all those games canceled. Um, anyway, let's shift things over now to the NFL side of the card as we've got the four best games for Sunday for y'all as well. Um, Go ahead and start things off here at 1 o'clock. Hard Rock Stadium down in Miami. The New England Patriots take a trip late in the season to go play the Miami Dolphins. Um, The spread on this game has moved all the way to Patriots plus 1.5. The over-under set at 41.5. I'll start off with this game as I have two plays. Um, I potentially first off have a max bet on the under in this game. And I'm going to tell you all why. Um, The Patriots, I told you all last week, cannot throw the ball to save their lives. They are a run-heavy team. The Dolphins are gonna be without Miles Gaskin, without Matt Burita, without Mike Josecki, without um Devontae Parker, without Preston Williams. I mean it's gonna be Lynn Bounded Jr. and Jakeem. Jakeem Grant is even questionable with a hamstring. I mean with a speedster like that and a hamstring injury might not even be able to go. Both these teams, Dolphins have the number two scoring defense. The uh, Patriots have the number eight passing defense. It's not gonna be easy to pass also. This is when my Belichick against first- and second-year quarterback stats come back in here. Belichick's like 19-3 and ATS against rookie quarterbacks. I think this is right in his wheelhouse here to cover. I think New England actually wins this game outright. I think it's going to be a rock fight. I'm talking like a 10-13 to type game, maybe like a 10-7 type of game. I don't expect either of these teams to be able to move the ball up and down the field at all. I mean, Cam Newton's typical play is drop back in the pocket, see nobody open and fall forward for three yards. I mean, that's literally the that's the new Cam Newton signature play nowadays. I expect to see a whole lot of that going on on Sunday. I expect this game to be boring to watch. I mean, this this game might put me to sleep once again, but I like the Patriots to cover here, if not win outright, and I like the under. Yeah, I'm going to join you on the under
1: on this. Uh, just a lot of weapons injured for two on the Dolphins. And listen, their defense is tremendous. The Patriots don't have an offense that even exists, really. Um, for that reason, I'm taking the under.
0: Hey, I like your thought process there, Ben. I'm glad we're both on the same page. Um, Actually, me and Ben being on the same page has worked out well for us lately. Um, We'll go ahead and flip things over now to the 4 o'clock window. And, oh, man, am I ready to watch this one? Noodle Arm returns as the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes, takes his boys down to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. The spread on this game is sitting at New Orleans' three-point home dogs. over under sit at 52. Uh, Ben, you doing anything on this one?
1: Yep, so I already had this play in, and uh, on FanDuel it was minus two and a half. So I took Chiefs minus two and a half. Uh, It has now moved, I believe, let's see, not that it matters because I already took it, just for the people. It has moved on FanDuel to minus three for the Chiefs now. So I got it at two and a half. The reason for that is because Michael Thomas is going to be out. I just think that's a big loss for the Saints. I think it's more of a big loss for Drew Brees. Um, Taysom Hill, because he's not going to throw the ball as often as Drew Brees might. He doesn't need to spread the wealth around a lot. Drew Brees likes to throw the football. I'm very curious to know how healthy he actually is and whether or not they're just playing him because this is the biggest game on their schedule. Um, I like the Chiefs. I I like him a lot in this game.
0: Yeah, so one thing that does scare me is New Orleans being home dogs. I don't have a stat on the last time they were home dogs. And then on top of that, we got the public all over this one at 62% and 73% of the money coming on Kansas City. You know what? I'm very scared of being a pub of being a public better this late in the season, but I'm going to go with the public on this one. I'm going to hit Kansas City minus three with you on this one. Look, I think Patrick Mahomes in this offense is way too explosive for Noodle Arm and the boys. Also... No Michael Thomas in there makes me love this one even more. Honestly, I don't even know if Drew Brees is that healthy yet. What I saw last week looked pretty piss poor from the Saints. Um, I really just feel like the Saints team is kind of stumbling into the playoffs rather than going in there, you know, head high. Um, Kansas City's four and two straight up the last six times they played on the road against new Orleans. I don't know how much that trend comes into play here, but I mean, Kansas City's number one in YPP, number one, in passing yards, number two in scoring points, new Orleans 20th in passing yards. I don't know if they'll be able to keep up with the pace. They do have the fifth best passing defense, but also too Patrick Mahomes played his worst game of the season during three interceptions last week you don't think he takes pride in the fact of how good he is and that he's pissed off about the fact that he threw three picks last week, you're dead-ass wrong. Patrick Mahone's going to come out here, show out when the lights are bright. Kansas City's that good that they pick and choose their spots when to show up. They haven't really been choosing to show up because they've been playing all these whatever games. This is a spot where Kansas City wants to show up and show out. I think that they absolutely whoop New Orleans and run them out of the building. I think this is a statement game for Kansas City, the entire league, where the big dogs come to Kansas City and beat us. It's not happening. Also... I mean, they could potentially lose home field advantage if they lose. I mean, they'll still have a tiebreaker over Buffalo, but I mean, there's still two weeks left in the season. Do you really want to have to play as hard as you can these last two weeks? I guarantee you they don't want to. This is the fat final stand, the final big game they got to show up for. Kansas City runs New Orleans out the building, in my opinion.
1: There's no home crowd either for the Saints.
0: Yeah, see, that's another thing, too. If the fans were re- yelling, I honestly would probably bite on New Orleans plus three and fade the public. No home crowd. Got to take Kansas City here. Um, next game on the slate is this is the um, oh wow I pulled up the wrong game but it's the Seattle Seahawks take on the Washington football team. Um, the spread here on this one is plus six and a half for the Washington football team at home over under set at 43 and a half look Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have done very well against the spread playing in eastern time zone. if I'm the Washington football team though, I'm pissed off here and feel disrespected. How the hell am I six and a half point home dogs at home? Yes, I know Dwayne Haskins is playing quarterback for them. Seattle ranks 32nd in the league against the pass. There's 32 teams in the NFL. This is the worst pass defense in the NFL. Dwayne Haskins will be fine in there throwing the ball on them. They will not bother him at all. If anything, this game reminds me of another game we watched a couple weeks ago. That was the Giants versus the Seahawks. I think they're going to be able to put points up. I think Washington football team keeps it within the number Um, I don't know if I'm going to play this one officially. I don't like playing a high volume of bets in the NFL. I'm still trying to narrow my card down. Just for the sake of the podcast, though, I will say that I'm playing Washington football team plus 6.5. I think they get the job done and have a chance to win this one outright. I really, really do. I mean, Seattle's defense cannot... Get the stops they need. Washington's D-line is nasty. I mean, this is arguably the one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're third in the league against the pass, ninth against the rush. I think they can contain Russell Wilson and keep him in the pocket. I think they can frustrate him to no end here. I like Washington football team to win this game outright.
1: I really want to, but I, I cannot put trust in Dwayne Haskins. I don't care that they're playing the worst defense in the NFL. I have not heard a single positive report about Dwayne Haskins since he has entered this league. Uh, I know that he hasn't played, but he also barely knew the playbook last year, apparently. Um, I, I can't put my money on Dwayne Haskins. I can't. I mean, if this is Alex Smith, I think this is a no-brainer. But six and a half, I'm not going to put it on the Seahawks either. So this is going to be a no play for me. I mean, listen, this this needs to be a big game for Seattle. Um, I don't know. if not If not now, then I don't know when because – I'm not saying what Washington's a bad team because they're not. But at some point, Seattle, you have to show that you can dominate a decent football team. Like, they people, if you want to say, like, they got on a roll last week because they won by however many points. They just won by 30-something, whatever they just won by. Like, you played the Jets. Washington is much better than the New York Jets. Everyone is better than the Jets, um, except for maybe the Jags. So I, I can't lay a number in this game because I don't trust either
0: side hey I mean I definitely understand not want to play it there I just feel like if Haskins if Haskins can even be worthy of being called a quarterback he's got to come out here and air it out on Seattle so it's going to be a fun one to watch though I'm looking forward to watching that one last game on the slate here is the Giants um, it's six and a half point home dogs hosting the Browns on Sunday night football Um, over under set at this game at 44 no fans in the stands again on this one I'll start off with this one honest I'm going to lean towards the under I haven't officially decided what I'm going to play on this game honestly if the public ends up jumping all over the Browns I'll probably fade them and play the Giants but at the same time it's tough for me to back the Giants here um, we don't know for sure if Daniel Jones is going to play he clearly looks hobbled by that hamstring as he looked absolutely pathetic in their last game um, if Colt McCoy's in there I damn sure don't want to back the Giants again I think Colt McCoy kind of had his one run in the game he could cover I mean he threw for 105 yards in that game it was the defense in the run game that <laughs> won that game for them um I I just feel like man the Giants I feel like this is an under game you know what I mean either way the Browns defense is going to want to bounce back the Browns are probably a little let down on a short week after what happened right now I'm seeing 70% of the public money on Cleveland if that stays up I'm definitely going to fade them with the Giants but I just see such an obvious under here in this game I feel like neither team is going to be able to move the ball um look at the weather um weather there's no official weather report yet but it's looking like typical weather but I just feel like it's got to be under here. The Browns are looking to run the ball and get the hell out of here. I think they have Pittsburgh on deck, so.
1: So, I, I hate writing with the public in certain circumstances, but I am going to take the Browns with the points here. Okay. Um, honestly, my main reason is I don't really care who plays quarterback for the Giants. I think if Dana Jones plays, he's not 100%, and he can't do much. And then I think if Colt McCoy plays, then I, I don't, he threw for 105 yards against Seattle, so. Um, he did win the game, but he didn't do much. Uh, mm-hmm. but also my, my big reason for laying the points with the Browns is because Bradbury, the the one a top three corner in, in the NFL um to this date is going to be out okay. for the Giants. And if he's out, I think they could have a big day. Um I they don't really have another I mean they've Logan I believe Logan Ryan is their other corner. Um he's solid, I just don't think Guarding Landry. I, I just think Bradbury when you're missing your best corner against a team that has the ability to throw the ball downfield. Donovan um, Peoples-Jones has been great downfield for them. Also, Rashard Higgins, I believe his name is. As, uh, Landry doesn't go deep that often, but I like the Browns in this situation. I agree. I think their defense needs to get back on track after giving up a lot of points and with the Giants not knowing, with the uncertainty uncertainty at quarterback and their best really their best player outside of Saquon. Their best defender being out. Um, listen, the Giants do have a pretty good defense still. The defensive line is solid. I just think Baker gets it done here,
0: 6.5. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't want to back the Giants. I might have to fade the public. We'll see what I end up doing here on this one. I feel like under, though, looks like a pretty uh, easy bet here. Um, ben, before we get up out of here, let me recap real quick what happened last week. So, Army, Navy, we both went no play. We should have hit the under, like I said. I mean, what was the final score of the game, like 10-0?
1: Something like that, 13-3 or 10-0. It hit easily.
0: Okay, yeah, I love that. Um, Next game was Georgia, Missouri. I took the over. Ben didn't take anything. We didn't take anything. Arkansas, Alabama, even though we should have. It was Lock City. UNC Miami, I had UNC. We both played UNC with the points and then also the over. I played UNC. Ben ended up playing it, but not on the podcast. Um, Both hit that over easily, though. I mean, UNC torched them. Um, Kansas City at the Dolphins, we got the Dolphins plus seven through the back door. Um, Colts at Raiders, the over 52 is what I took. Ben didn't take anything on that one. Steelers at Bills, we both played Bills minus one and a half for a winner. Bucks Vikings Ben played the over 52 55 and a half which didn't hit when almost did even though they didn't score in the first in the first quarter which is crazy. Last one Ravens Browns we both played the Browns and got bad beat obviously. Um, ben went th- Ben went uh 3 and 1 on the week. I went 6 and 1, so it was another solid week for us in general. And then our total up for the season is um, we on NFL I am 24 and 24. Ben is 17 14 and 1 college football i am 23 18 and 2 ben is 16 14 and 1 so we picked some winners for y'all season long let's go ahead and finish the drill here and go off obviously we still have bowl season and a little bit of nfl left but we appreciate everyone who tuned in once again ben i appreciate you coming on man
1: yeah man and i'm so tired of kickers losing money for me dan <laughs> bailey dan bailey missed three field goals and an extra point
0: Hey, I cannot blame you at all for being mad. I've never known a a kicker to miss that many field goals and still be employed. Um, We'll talk to all y'all again soon. Everyone be safe. Have a good weekend. Please bet responsibly.